Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, another Tuesday night for the DJ Life podcast. We have Mr. Eric Masgill over here. Hey. We have myself, DJ Rick Webb. Both of us are quite tired for some unknown reason today. I'm actually not tired at all. Okay. I am <laughs> extremely tired for some reason today. <laughs> but uh, Rick is drinking uh, fucking I'm, crack in a can. I have it, some nine o'clock at night. Bang Eastern energy time. drink nine o'clock at night because... Literally. It, it, I'm so far behind on the day, and I have I'm, I'm gonna be up until three o'clock in the morning. I was just telling Brian, I, if I drink one of those at noon, I'm like, I feel it's different because I can drink twenty espresso shots. It just doesn't matter. I could still, I'm fine. If I drink a bang though, I feel like I did meth. Like it's like I'm like scratching and I'm like doing the knee rubbing thing. Like I'm gonna be uh, honest, man, my <laughs> my my like sleep schedule and everything is so fucked right now. In yeah. general, it's it's so I'm up until ever since we sprung forward. I'm up until two three o'clock in the morning every single fucking night. Not me. And then I'll wake up anywhere from literally six a.m. to fucking sleeping in until noon one o'clock. It's, Dude, you guys just need I'm to all have over a, the place. You just need to have a baby. That'll correct that immediately. There I don't is, think that would no. Anyway, I feel like that doesn't. I feel like that's the opposite. Normally, you, like it screws your sleep because you're just constantly waking up. But I'm just saying, like the second it goes to sleep, it. The second it goes to sleep, you're like, all right, I need to go sleep right it. now because like a, it's an you it. like need that time frame. Whatever. All right. So tonight we have the homie Brian Austin from Charlotte, North Carolina, on as a special guest. Hello, Brian. Brian, hey, tell tell us about your shirt. Tell us about my your shirt? shirt. Oh yeah, he's he wore a shirt. He decided to wear a shirt. He wasn't gonna. No, I was actually just I curious. I called Eric earlier and said, "Do I have to wear a shirt?" And he was like, "I mean, I would." So you I know, you could have took your webcam and like just zoomed in really close on your face. It would have been good. You just need tattoos, bro. And then how do I do that? A shirt. I, I don't, just, just just lean don't. really close to your desktop <laughs> computer. Yeah, perfect. They're perfect. That's good. Yeah. That's good. This is how my dad. This is how my dad talks on. <laughs> yeah, that's how. Yeah. That's how Dallas <laughs> on, grabs on, the phone on the Facetime. What, what are you doing in there? <laughs> yeah, he's always like blowing up like this, right? Because he's trying it. to squint at the screen to see what he's looking at. So this podcast is uh, half the questions I ask are going to be completely bullshit. Just so you know, uh, me and Brian okay. go. Me and Brian go way back. Heads up. I know virtually literally everything there is to know about everything he's about to say, but I'm going to try and act like I don't so we can talk about it. Um, okay. But uh, I'll so ask questions. What then. is, yeah, Tell us about yeah, yourself. Yeah. Rick doesn't know him at all though. Um, I've met him a couple what's, times. What's up with the shirt? So first of all, we keep saying Brian. And when you say Brian Austin, whenever I hear my real name, I feel like I'm in trouble. Uh, like it's like, because yeah, well, everyone calls me boss, boss Austin, which I hate, but it's weird. It to is hear what my it name. is. Yeah. Social media, DJ Boss Austin, uh, Instagram, DJ Boss Austin, yeah. DJ Boss 
B O S S Boss Austin. So Wait, can we start on a my fun? shirt? Yeah, I was about to say, what huh? is two four two nine? What is that? So, this is my little. Uh, I, I don't want to say company. It's more like my little DJ crew here in Charlotte. It's your There's, you know, it's a company. Uh, yeah. It, so I started me and a couple of friends. It's a hustle. Like a DJ crew, and then uh, we were DJing four or five clubs and we started i started booking djs nightclub djs so at this point venues bars call me say hey whether we want a particular dj this night or we just want a dj this night or we want you to handle all of our djs for the whole month or or six months whatever it is Hmm. so that's that's what that is so so Brian I, or I, boss. So what up, boss? <laughs> that is literally what people call him in Charlotte. Really? Yes, oh, boss. Man. What up, boss? Yeah. That's like boss. my that's like my comment. You hear, man, that must be nice. I man. use I use that saying all the time when I'm uh just talking to random people like sorry boss, like at, that's like my instead of like man or like mm. home like anybody I run into or whatever, if I get in their way, like, oh sorry boss, how's it going, boss? Oh. Hey boss. Hey boss. I I actually hated that name uh, in the beginning. I I still don't know if I've grown around to it, but where'd it come uh, from? I I see all these DJ names all the time. People say, "How did you get that name?" And some people have a cool story. I don't. uh, Sort of. I was DJing when I was real young, like two thousand, two thousand one. I was DJing at a really hip-hop kind of club way outside of my realm and i didn't have a dj name i was just dj brian austin and there was a promoter who was the mc and he was like what's your dj name and i was like i don't have one and he's like you gotta have one and he just started calling me boss austin on the mic Mm. and i didn't like that and then they started putting it on flyers and then i was then it was over then it was a wrap and the rest is history the rest is his when i got rid of my dj name uh e-rock was my old dj name it's it's so funny too people be like where'd you get where'd you come up with e-rock i was like well my name's eric and they'd be like "Uh uh-huh and i'd be like that's it right they're waiting for more that's that's what i'm saying they're like waiting for the answer i'm like you should have just you should have just let it the pause and then been like Cause I rock, <laughs> and but, my name's Eric. But it was it was like the anniversary on my Facebook memories popped up the other day where I changed it back to Eric Massingale, like my DJ page on Facebook, which I actually wish that I could delete now, but I can't delete it. I've tried. Um, I remember when no, uh, you can't so delete pages right now. Can't. I've tried. I have like two or three random pages. I can't delete them. What'd you say? I, I was furious when Facebook made you use your real name because mm. for forever i was boss austin on facebook no one knew my real name no one and then they changed it yeah. and then yeah they outed me yeah do you ever hear my old dj name back in high school what was it slash into college it was dj Night, Rick, dj Night. ricky spitz Ooh, that's with a z that's ricky spitz. that one did not make it no that's hard. So that's it was hard. actually yeah, that's hard. so that's it was fucking saw blades over here. Well, it actually was uh <laughs> it was people making fun of me in high school called me that and I just I I'm one of those people that like I'm a sarcastic asshole, so I just went with it. Yeah. Just said fuck it, I'll I'll call myself that. I don't care. Ricky Spitz. Yeah, um 
it started because like uh what was it oh i had a bad problem of like actually like when i talked or got aggressive some spit came out my uh my favorite teacher my favorite teacher in high school i found his aol screen name and it was E-Rock to the max. Um, his name was Eric, too, yeah. also. And that's where I got the term E-Rock from. I stole it from him. Better than um, Ricky whoa. Swallows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a thing of the past. Yeah, it's much better than Ricky Swallows. Brian. <laughs> Brian Bass. It's better than Ricky Swallows. Hey, that's honestly yeah. should be your new DJ name. All right, whatever. So, fucking 2429. We'll call it. It is a... Were you part of it? It's a DJ multi-op. No. So they're actually... All right. So he's from Charlotte. Um, Charlotte, North Carolina. We live in Greensboro. For everyone listening, it's about an hour and a half away. Charlotte is the... Uh, it's the busiest city in all of North Carolina. It's not the it's capital. It's popping. Yeah. It's, it's much busier than Raleigh. Pop. Raleigh is the only thing comparable. It's where all the DJ gigs are, basically. It's where all the nightclubs... If night you want clubs, a DJ nightclub, it's there. If, if you, you want to make a living doing nightlife DJing, that you is where you would have yeah. to live. Um, yeah. And there there are a couple of those, ty- whatever you want to call them, a collective, a company, whatever. Um, there's a couple right. of them. In Charlotte, uh, it doesn't even fucking matter what they're called, but back when I used to work there, Mike Soden did one. Uh, uh, fucking Crown Town. Dirty Crown- had one. Yes, Dirty. Crown Town, which was Mike Soden also, yeah. but Dirty. Yeah. Um, and I did terrible. work for that. Back then, it was totally different. Payouts were way lower. COVID changed everything with that. Um, but that is kind of where I started as a DJ, like actually working full time. Um, and that's really when I met Brian, um, like right around that time frame. Um, but... Uh, so so that's what 2429 is. It's like a collective of DJs yeah. that are doing bars, nightclubs. Uh, and really, the bars yep. in Charlotte are nightclubs. You know, whether it's like a dance club with a bar. Um, and uh, so you have your crew, you know, and, and yep. I guess it works. Like, how does it work? You know? Um, uh, so, uh, like, a, a venue will say, hey, uh, we don't want to manage DJs. We want to DJ every Friday and Saturday. Uh, we don't want to deal with calling all these different DJs and managing. Mm-hmm. This is the music we want. This is the vibe we want. And so I I facilitate that calendar for them. I say, okay, April 1st, this guy, April 2nd, and so on and so on. And then over time, the venues will they'll say, hey, I, I, we love this guy. We don't care for this guy. And now at this point, it's it's like a well-oiled machine. Um, I know which venues like which guys and, and which guys like which venues and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I handle that for them. Uh, or the, the flip side of it, the, uh, some venues don't like to do that. They don't like to hand over control. They may just say, we need a DJ on April 20th. We have a, a special party. Or they may say, we specifically want DJ XO on April 20th. Uh-huh. So I handle that for them. So how and the do you, DJs like it because they don't have to handle well also anything. I would imagine DJs like it because they don't know the people that you know. They're your 
that that was going to be my yeah, question yeah. I'm, as to I'm, how, I'm, how you get yeah, these relationships I'm, with these venues yeah. and stuff like that. It's no advertising. Uh, yeah, and actually, well, I should have let him say that. But do you advertise at all, or is it? That's no, what I was. I hate that because, like I said, I. Uh, how do you get clients or uh, venues on? How do venues find out about you? Is it more you just aggressively have to go find the venues yourself? No, no, no. I think I DJed in Charlotte for so long that I knew a lot of managers and owners, even bartenders or security guards even. So they just knew me. And then there's definitely no advertising. I, I certainly don't approach it like uh, like you guys do with the wedding stuff. I'm not advertising. I'm not search engineing and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a... Uh, it's a complete... Uh, relationship building behind the scenes yeah so like um who you know type shit so like a manager at a club or whatever their security guard recommends they're like hey i like this dj so you go into it and you have to do you pitch them on the whole concept of like it's more like a management of of your dj talent to fill your dates because like i imagine a lot of it's so like that- hey this dj i i like that you should hit this dj up the dj at your the dj your shut your uh, your venue basically yeah so bar owners and managers are weird so each Imagine. relationship has to be handled differently mm-hmm. i know i can size them up and i mean some of them definitely don't like the idea of me controlling their whole calendar uh some of them are like hey here's the keys to the castle you do it mm-hmm. uh i generally i try to pitch them on hey like I say, why do you want to bother? You're going to text 47 DJs all month trying to figure this out, work this calendar out. And, and I will, um, I'll do that for you. And I, I don't even want to say this on podcast, but I will. So I tell managers and owners, I'll do the gatekeeping for you because this, this happens often. The owner of a club says, Hey, our bartender, Julia wants us to get, uh, I'll make a DJ up. D- DJ Lightning. He she says he's great. And I say, yeah, I, I'm very aware of who DJ Lightning is. I know him personally. He is not the right DJ for your for your nightclub. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell them why. The problem I talked about this the other day with a, a DJ. The the word DJ it's thrown around it's so, so much. It doesn't mean shit anymore. And, and I'm a DJ and, and uh, Jason Janai is a DJ and Tiesto is a DJ, but all three of us are different. We, the three of us cannot do the same things that the others can, Mm -hmm. but but the general public or a bartender or a bar customer, or even a bar owner is like, Hey, we need a DJ Friday. And my neighbor is a DJ. It's just, just a vague term. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I, I always hate I always hate that. Yeah, I'm sure you guys run into it with with weddings. Oh. People say, "Hey, I'm uh, my college roommate is DJ in my wedding." Well, he's not a wedding DJ just because he plays dubstep at the frat party <laughs> doesn't mean he's the wedding DJ. Right. For the same right. the same reason, I wouldn't get a wedding DJ to play dubstep at a frat party. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more uh, funny on the other side of like when you talk to random people and you're like, yeah, or they're like, what do you do for a living? You're like, I'm, I'm a DJ. And they're like, but like, what do you do for a living? Like, no, I'm oh, a yeah. DJ. I, 
Like I DJ for how does that work? I mean, you do have a lot of DJ. I know a lot of DJs. A lot of people look up to that are not doing it full time, and I don't really fucking get that. But that is what it is. Yeah, I. Um, <laughs> hey Brian, yeah, are I, you you're full time DJ, right? Absolutely. You don't do anything else. You're not a manager at a fucking Taco Bell or anything. No, I'm not a manager. I, I I rarely had jobs past I think maybe age 24. Mm-hmm. I, think I think just I, I, that's I, what I tell. I mean, it's funny because my most legitimate job I ever held was being a drug dealer until I was a DJ, and then and even actually as a DJ in the early years, I was a drug dealer DJ guy. And was there an automateyourdrugdealer.com? Yeah. No, there was not. <laughs> I wish honestly, I wish I was as smart back then as my brain works now because I'd probably be a gazillionaire. You'd be on the Silk Road yeah. making money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, on the dark webs. Um, oh god. People um, always say that. Well, what I'm a DJ. Well, what I mean like what's your real job? Yeah, right. Right. Well, I, I will mean, say most DJs have more than one thing going on, though. Well, there's multiple ways to make because, money in this industry. Well, like him, I don't do anything he does. You know, he makes money. Well, you make money. Uh, ba- basic. Well, multi-op. I'll call it a multi-op. Right. You're 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 making yeah. money off the top of gigs. I do that, but there's other things you do beyond, like other than just your actual DJ gigs to make money, like building playlists. You know. Like, don't you do yep. some yep. shit like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Bars will hit you up and say, hey, we need a playlist for lunchtime. Uh, will you make it for us? Mm-hmm. You know, super specific. Or I do a lot of, uh, and I'm not an audio guy, really, but I do a lot of fixing and uh, usually cleaning up someone else's mess. I, I'm not going and doing full installs, but bars will call me, hey, we can't get the TV to play on the patio or or whatever mm-hmm. uh and book djs i dj i even started getting uh i was always making my own flyers mm-hmm. you know the, the nightclub flyers and making them for friends and then i started getting bars to hit me up and say hey i know you made the nightclub flyer can you make a flyer for our taco tuesday that we do and i started doing that uh which i make money off of mm-hmm. It's funny you said, uh, people always say, well, what's your real job? And I mean, depending on who you are, what you're doing and the scope, what you're doing, like people say that to me. And I know for a fact, I make way more money than they do. I love that too. I love that. (laughs) I think they'll be like, well, I work at Wells Fargo. I, you know, and I'm like, uh, I actually, uh, told a kid recently he told me he worked for one of the banks charlotte he told me what he makes and i was like okay well i would quit djing if that's what i make and he goes but i get benefits you know medical insurance or Mm -hmm. vacation whatever whatever real job people get and i go oh i have benefits and he's like like what i go i can do whatever the fuck i want whenever the fuck i want that's the benefit i have (laughs) that's actually do i have medical insurance no i mean i have to purchase that but i i literally decide when 24 7 i I am the boss of my own shit but people don't realize how oh my god it's so funny that like the misnomer of like where am i going to get benefits or whatnot where am i going to get health insurance you purchase it and then because you work for yourself you literally can write that 100 ex- percent off your income or yeah you marry, and it's like 
or you marry, marry someone, someone. <laughs> who does have one of those fucking jobs and you right. get it through their right. company, right. which is what I did. But it's yeah. not that yeah. crazy expensive to get it on your own. It's so cheap, though. Like, Rachel... I like, never looked at... It, it is I so cheap through a corporation, but it's on. I, I haven't had medical insurance since Obamacare, and I got so fucked from Obamacare because that was when I had it is when I started Dow Oak and like I stepped into a new tax bracket, but I didn't realize I needed to like go through all this paperwork when that happened. And then I owed I owed money for all the benefits they gave me through like however mm-hmm. many years and I wasn't even using it. It's just like in the background, it was like fucking $10 a month. So I wasn't paying attention, but then I owed like, it was like $18,000 or something. And I was, you had to pay that. Yeah, dude. You, that's it, taxes. Uh... Literally, I know it's, and I'll never, I haven't had health insurance since then because I've been so skeptical about just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I sound like I know blah, blah, blah. I was telling Rick about this earlier because people, people Eric's, always Eric's call me a numbers, numbers guy. guy. People always call me a numbers guy. Oh, you're like the numbers guy. You know, no, like all not. this bull. Bro, I just kind of roll roll with the punches and like. Right. I think I think like, my description <laughs> was the best as Eric is strictly a top line revenue guy. He knows all of the top end stats of the company when it comes to the costs and expenses. Eh, the, yeah, yeah. Rick was on. <laughs> Rick was on a call earlier with his little managers that, and he, I don't even know the terms he was using. He was like talking about how we were talking about KPIs and KAIs and KBIs and jerkers and like I was I like know. I don't I don't know what I don't either I don't either. And he was like, yeah, you guys need to stay on top of this because if you fall behind, then blah blah blah. And I was like. Okay, well, we're in management and, training right me now. Me and fucking Graham and Greg and Matt or whoever, like <laughs> the managers of my shit, don't do any of that shit. Like we're just like selling weddings. It's like how many weddings you book. That's like the number right, that we right. go by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The medical it's... insurance thing. I re- I remember someone recently was like, "Oh, you know, what do you pay for medical insurance?" I I, I don't know what I pay for mine. Uh, Two hundred fifty bucks. A month. Once and you he's have like, a kid, well, you have to have it though. You know, like Yeah, 20. yeah. He was like, You pay two fifty and I was like, I will DJ an extra gig to pay for that insurance before I will go fucking work somewhere for forty hours a week. Well, it's but just the, not, yeah, the big the biggest thing that they don't so it, it costs more, but when you do the tax savings benefits because we're taxed higher, because we're self employed at this yeah. point. It actually is not really much difference. It's just money's going right. in different areas at different times. It's it's it, you really gotta sit down and someone have someone explain the difference between like self employed versus working and where your money goes and the taxes and all that bullshit. Because once you realize that the system is actually geared more towards you being self employed and running a company, you you'll go yeah. that route. <laughs> right. And so yeah, yeah, I know the answer, but. So you're, I'll call them employees. They're not employees though, right? They're, they're right. it's all subcontracted everything, every which way, Correct. right? The bars, I'm assuming yes. 1099U, you then 1099 the the DJs. Yes. Um. See, I hate that I, I know the answers because I'm supposed to just ask and let you take the Well, I would like to know, <laughs> like, uh, how did you become a DJ in the first place? Yeah, how did you? So you're what, 27, 28, something like that? Uh, when did you become 20, a DJ? Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I'm like, that was a joke. I think I'm 44. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was just a music nerd in high school. And at that time, it was, you know, physical media, records, CDs, tapes. And I collected it. And at some point in high school, even before that, maybe seventh or eighth grade, someone was like, hey, you have a lot of music. Can you DJ the school dance? You were in bands, though, at this point, right? So I did that. Yeah. And I was always in punk bands, which kind of tied how I got into vinyl. If you remember back then, punk bands would release the seven inch vinyls. Mm-hmm. So I was buying seven inches of the bands, the hardcore bands that I was seeing. So I had to buy a turntable. Once I bought a turntable, people started to be like, hey, I got these records in my basement because this was like the 90s. And they started giving me records, giving me records. And then it wasn't until I got to college that I I remember my college roommate because I grew up real rural uh, upstate New York. My college roommate was like, yo, you can get two turntables and do this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that was. I didn't have any exposure to that. And then in college, I got into that. Then got into nightclubs and even weddings and from there now here we are now yeah yeah well cool story yeah cool story yeah it's can your, I, it, can I'm, I vape I'm actually in here? i'm what? yeah yeah, yeah vape, vape away my can dog. you vape in here <laughs> i'm sad that he actually told a concise story you know, half our guests, we asked them, how did you become a DJ? And 30 minutes goes like that. And it's Well, sometimes it gives oh. us some nuggets as to like what else to ask you. <laughs> so, the, so there was more to it. So I, it, it, well, let's go back. So middle school, uh, 1994, 95, 96, I'm DJing. Hey, wow. I was born that year. School. And, yeah, <laughs> and then I started doing other schools. And I think late high school, I actually started doing bars. I wasn't even 21 yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a local bar DJ. I don't remember how I got in the in the fold with him. And I started doing bars. Then when I went to college, you know, parties and nightclubs. And then post-college, I was in a punk band and we were going to, that was my focus. But I was DJing on the side. And then when I got to Charlotte, 2002... Uh, what made I you move to fucking Charlotte out of everywhere? You're from upstate New York. so that's like I've never told job. you that story. You probably have. but So I was in a band at the time. We lived in Portland, New York. Uh, we were trying to make it. We were decently popular uh, in our area. We knew that we couldn't make it where we lived, and we wanted to move to a big city. And I think we had plans to move to Charlotte like several months. And then like a series of events happened, you know, a couple of us had girlfriends that we broke up with or got fired from our job. And we literally moved. I think we decided like at 9 PM on a Sunday night. And by Monday morning, we just packed up and moved. Mm-hmm. It was six of us. Yeah. So we put all our shit in our car and Those we just bands, left. Man. I think I had $35 <laughs> I when I came to say, punk bands. Life is different, man. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah. And I had $35 and I was like, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Um, That's so funny. Uh, and then we moved here and we were, we were a punk band and, 
you know, trying to be punk or whatever. And all of us had little jobs. It was funny. I had a job at a party city and <laughs> I was working one day, you know, stocking balloons or whatever. And this guy came in uh, and he was like the stereotypical wedding guy, like a big fat older guy. And he was buying whatever glow sticks or something. We got to talking and he was like, yeah, I told him I DJed, we connected and he started getting me gigs. I started DJing weddings for him. Um, Cause I didn't, I wasn't tied into the bars at, at that point. Uh, he got me into some bars and I met some people and then, you know, snowballed from there. Right. Yeah. It's fun. His name was Chuck Broncado. Chuck. That's not any Chuck I know. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually, it's funny. I met Brian because uh, we were both weed people at the time, long time ago, but um, weed heads and, I guess allegedly. I can't remember. Yeah, allegedly. Right. There was talk of it, but I feel like my girlfriend at the time like dumped me or something. I can't remember what was going on with me and my girlfriend, my serious girlfriend at the time. But somehow I like I don't I really don't even remember how I got in contact with you, but we ended up like I like went to your house to hang out or some shit. Um Damn, I can't remember how that happens. Like my ace, I, my, I, my Michelle heat was asked out one time how, how we met, and I don't remember. Yeah, it was like my heat was out, and I just messaged you, and you were like, ah, "Yeah, cool, cool," and like that was it. And then, and then obviously the the anti drug thing happened, uh, right? So whatever with that. Um, by the way, Corey's in the chat. Shout out to uh, the homie Corey Hartley. Oh yeah. Um, Hopefully his Achilles Achilles tendon. So I wanted to Heels. I wanted yeah. to talk about um how did two four two nine start? Like what made it start and like the idea and everything as to creating it or whatnot. Well, so I was always uh, a resident DJ mm-hmm. at clubs, and there would be times I couldn't do it, or there was gigs that overlapped, so I would get. E-Rock or Ricky Spitz to fill in and kind of just casually. And then it kind of evolved. And then during COVID, um, I have a lot of connections in Charlotte just from being around forever. Mm-hmm. I started to put the pieces together and was like, all right, well, let's make this a little more formulated and let's help these DJs and help these bars. Cause there's a, DJs, it's very hard to tap into the nightclub scene if you don't know the right people. Fuck, it is impossible. I will just say, like, I, I get, the, I, I get the DJs that are new to town or new. They say, hey, I've been going to clubs, been leaving my card, and I'm like, yeah, you know, the truth is, they're throwing your fucking card in the garbage as soon as you leave. Uh, not, not always. I mean, you, you will tap through always, but like, bars are weird, man. They're like, it's a, it's a. a uh, like a mafia type thing like you you, you gotta you gotta have an in you know someone's oh, yeah. gotta vouch for it yeah. and i knew i could vouch for dudes and i knew i could help bars out so i just started i just started casually doing it you know one bar two bars at a time and then mm-hmm. more bars are like hey can you help us and then you know other djs would be like hey will you do my schedule and i never intended 
to be here where it's gotten to, but here it is. Where did the name come from? Oh, so this is, so several years ago, I was working at Whiskey River and uh, Manny, DJ Manny at the time, um, he was really good friends with this kid, Chris Buxton, local musician, kind of like a pop singer, R&B kind of guy. And they wanted to do a show, like a ticketed show. Um, they needed me because of my connections at Whiskey to make it happen. So I did. And at the time we were like, we have to make a, a, a you know, premier entertainment presents Chris Buxton live. And we were like, okay, I think we needed a name to make event right tickets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck it. Uh, well, just we, I, 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 for weeks I tried all these names and had lists and was asking people and trying all these cool things. And it, the time was crunching and I was like, fuck it. Just call it two, four, two, nine, which I grew up on 24 Park Street and my post office box in my town was 29. My town's so small, the mailman won't come to your house. You have to have a P.O. box. So 249 was always like a number my dad used for uh, like like the the ATM pin or the gate code or the password for the Internet. And I was like, fuck it. I'll just use it. And now I'm, you know, sucks for my dad. Now he can't use it anymore. I will say so. Like, I just threw no, it on there, yeah, and that, that was that. The the upstate New York thing, like, because we do we do a wedding DJ multi op, me and Butterworth up there, and the season is different, right? Which is something for whatever reason yeah. I just didn't expect. I did virtually. When I say virtually, I literally did no homework in any way. I just kind of did it. Um, but the season is totally different. The DJs are totally different. They have a much, I'll say, yeah, I, I won't talk shit, but it's different, right? Um, and so Weddings are different up there. They're just super different and uh, should have done more research. It's working out fine, I guess, but uh, should have done some more research based on that. Um, but also, it's a big wedding market, right? Um because we booked a lot of weddings up there, um, and we're on the lower end of things, as you know, Paul. Uh, yeah, you guys not listening is pre- premium tier pricing. Um, does the premium shit right? And I, if I, all the DJs I know are more expensive up there. Basically, um, do you do you you have connections up there still? Like, have you ever considered? maybe trying to book gigs up there, not, to, not for yourself, but you know, for um, middleman type. Loosely. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of favors for DJs, not just in New York, but other places in the U S to hit me up, say, Hey, I'm coming to Charlotte. Can you give me some gigs? And and I get them. And I've had many DJs be like, Hey, if you want to play in Dallas or Tampa or mm-hmm. DC or Rochester, New York, let me know. And I, myself, I'm like, Nah, right. But yeah, I've I've considered. But see, the thing about traveling gigs with nightclub guys, it's all smoke and mirrors. Because let's say I took a gig in Rochester, New York, and they agreed to pay me five hundred dollars. Let's say they agreed to pay me a thousand dollars, which they wouldn't. But they let's say they seven seven hundred dollars. They said they're going to pay me seven hundred dollars next Friday, Rochester, New York. Well, I'm going to be responsible for my own 
travel there. It's not worth it. Uh, probably already, in a hotel. Already far. So far I might as well far. just stay in Charlotte and make what I make. Now, younger DJs, they will do that because they want to post that on Instagram to get some sort of clout or whatever. Right. Um, you know, years ago, clubs were going to say, it's interesting because 10 years ago, you could get a nightclub paying DJs $1,500, $2,000 to travel. I could travel to Phoenix and get two grand. But DJing changed because every city, every city in America has DJs that are dope now. 10 years ago, they didn't. Yeah. So they had to fly in guys that from bar. Charlotte, Philly, or whatever. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So now, uh, the, you know, I tell DJs that it kind of humbles them. Like they'll say, Oh, I want to get a gig in, in Denver, Colorado. I'll say, Denver, Colorado doesn't fucking need you. What are you bringing to the table? Right. Yeah. DJs don't like to admit that we're all pretty similar. Oh. You know, (laughs) certain guys may be better at one thing or another, but at the end of the day, we're all pretty similar. So like, you know, for me to say, I'm going to go to Rochester, I want $2,000. Well, why would a fucking nightclub pay $2,000 for me? Dude, I'll tell you what. To come play the same Drake records that they're They're only going to pay you more if you're going to be bringing more people to the to the place. I'll tell you what. Right, right. If you're going to bring more people. Yeah, that's the only way. So... So first, I had because uh, now I'm connected to lots of event DJs across the world and whatnot. But uh, yeah. a Colorado guy messaged me a picture, and he was like, "Wigs says hey," and I was looked at the picture, and Jason Wiggs is in the yeah. picture with him, and I was like, "Wow, yeah. this is fucking small." I was like, first off, how the fuck did you even get on that conversation?" But okay, whatever. right, right, right. But so and. But I mean, it is a small world, but also I will say, so I'm, I'm super, uh, my, my thing in the DJ event industry is to talk about DJs. Like we're not doing, we're not changing the fucking, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Like we're all doing the same shit. It doesn't matter this and that. I'm like that dude that like kind of, because everyone else is like, uh, basically not saying that and i will say i got all of that from him like brian is the one that basically instilled in me it's okay that we're all playing the same playlist it's what people want i I always hate like djs particularly nightclub djs like it's okay to be successful dj in your town your market like you don't everyone wants to be fucking famous but like why not be successful in in what you do like i feel like i'm a successful here in charlotte i don't really push the boundaries to be famous and play la and i i guess that i could but like you know we're fortunate enough to like i make a good living djing here in charlotte and, and those traveling DJs will tell you, you see their Instagram posts. Oh, yeah, we're playing in Philly. Oh, here's a picture of my feet on the fucking airplane. Well, you know, they don't post the two hour layover in D.C. <laughs> and sitting in a fucking hotel room by themselves playing solitaire. The smelly and, old guy and, beside them on the plane that or the babies uh, kicking the seat behind right. them. How it costed yeah, them $250 all they post is that 30, to experience that to, clip. to even do it. Yeah, they actually are in a a, like a net negative three hundred bucks to even go do the gig. Um, So, all right, so there was this DJ posted a video 
on Facebook today. He posts them from time to time. He's standing there with his bun booth or Max booth, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Okay. And he tell me more. He does an Eric Rhodes mix. He does like a song that you know, and he mixes into the next song, uh-huh. and he's singing it into his GoPro. He's like trying to get into the music, sing, you know, Sick. and it's Sick. like, Sick. and the uh-huh. caption is like, you know country into modern day pop or whatever the, it doesn't even matter what it is but it's like literally the most basic of basic fucking bullshit okay. in the fucking world and it's just an example of like stop trying to do what everyone else is doing like dude no offense to this person you're a fucking loser. Like that is a losery shit ass <laughs> thing to do. You got 10 views on your videos and I get it. If you thought of that, I sure kind of still lame in my opinion, but sure. You know, Eric Rhodes gets millions of views. Eric Rhodes, totally different. Eric Rhodes is also a homie, but this person just clearly saw it and he's trying. And I, okay. I actually, as blunt as I talk, you can't knock people for trying. I'm going to knock this dude for a second, even though you get my point. Like, it's just like, dude, you're just you're seeing what you've seen on the internet, and you're you're imitating, and you're doing a fucking awful job. Just, it's okay to be successful. Uh, being you, generic, like you know, doing like you said, just yeah. just playing the playlists that are expected. I, you know, I think DJs now because with branding and social media and photos, and even I'm guilty of this. I have to post certain number of stuff but we spend so much time and energy on that they could be spent on fucking djing i mean i i made fun of a dj recently uh, he's always with the photo shoots oh photo shoot photo shoot new photos new photos and i get it we got to have the photos for the flyers and i'm like yo when does this fucking dude actually dj like <laughs> all i see is him getting his fucking picture taken yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but, I, I mean, there's DJs that are, you know, if you success, you judge by social media. You go on Instagram, they have fifty thousand followers. I don't. But what's funny to me, there's DJs I won't even name. DJs that are famous that that anyone listening plays their edits. These particular DJs I have in my brain, they are major editors, and they DJ fucking weddings. We literally like, before this podcast, I was like. DJX, we'll say DJX. We'll I was say, like, we'll say DJX. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I wonder how much DJX actually makes. It can't be much, you know. And we're talking about because it's just off the edits that we know because they're not yes. famous in the real world. They're okay. They, we'll they call might, them famous they, to us because all the DJs know them and play their edits. But like, bro, you know the cut you're making off your edits, put pump through Crookley Clan, whatever the fuck your record label is, is or the record, or the DMF yeah, DM, it doesn't matter. I, I, the thing I, is, you're not. There's just no way. Like, I, 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 let's I, call I, it fifty DJ grand. Me. Let's call I, it I was fifty say, I gave grand. Him forty. I gave him forty k. He said forty. I said. And 40K. I was like, that's generous. I bet it's closer from, to fifty. Forty k for what? From for his editing, edit. just from their editing, like their like Patreon their and line of stuff. revenue, like yeah. just off their edits. That's Maybe. what they make. But the thing I, is, nowadays with with music, the editors that we're speaking of. I haven't paid for a single one of their fucking songs ever. Of course. And that's 90 because, you know, believe it or not, DJs are tech savvy typically. 
but uh, yeah, that's know. how it goes. I, no, and that's DJs not love that's not to not pay I, oh, if they can. Yeah. <laughs> DJs are also the cheapest paid, bastards in the you world. Pay, like you pay club killers. I, I don't know what it is. Thirty bucks a month. Yeah, right. So the, it's unlimited. Okay, I downloaded two hundred and seventy songs off there just in the month of March. That's well, right. how is that thirty dollars being divided? Right. Exactly. And my so I said I was like I bet it's closer to fifteen. However, obviously we don't know. It could. Let's just say it's fifty, which I, is more than Rick said. Okay, but you're DJing private events on top of that, so it's clearly not enough. Whatever the number is, it's not enough. No. I just I had a young DJ it. say to me it. recently. I bet XYZ gets $1,500 every gig. I said, that motherfucker might get 50 bucks more than I do. He's DJing at a bar that's the same size, even smaller. Right. The only way to step above a pay grade like a nightclub or a bar is to do a private event. Book yourself. You know, that's it's just the only way. Yeah, I mean. Um, but, and the you know, under, no offense, to, I will say no offense to those dudes. Y'all are all great DJs. We're all playing your edits. You're, you're keeping the industry fucking rocking with good music. So I'm not trying I mean, to, yeah, yeah. we're not it trying to hate sense. on you for what you're doing. We're just talking about the real fucking world here. <laughs> well, I'm saying it's unfortunate that the market, it's so saturated with DJs. Well, it's not, yeah, it's not a fair playing field, you know, like the, you're, it's just not. I don't know how you could go about. It's not like uh, like Patreon is probably the best thing that ever happened to them. It's almost like OnlyFans for porn stars. You know, like yeah, they, yeah. they're able yeah. to start their own, make a hundred percent, not have these middlemen. It's all reoccurring, right? They set right. it up in a reoccurring basis. They just got to provide edits every single it, month. It is a a very or week or whatever small gateway to a. A company. It, it's, cap- it's your own company. It's and capitalizing on your influence. That, that and, and I won't get too much into this conversation, but I've gotten to this debate before. Those edits are illegal. Oh, super like, illegal. Like, oh, let's be, I am not, let's be real. I am not allowed. <laughs> I'm not allowed to remix Miley Cyrus's flowers. And then make money off it. it on my Patreon. Yeah, for money. See, see, this is where, like, I get asked, well, let's just go with this. There are some people in my sort of position influence that literally you can go buy their crates with the actual music files in them. 100% illegal. But I get asked about it all the time, and I'm literally considering doing like a list. Like I'm going to make like my crate lists. And I'll sell you the list. Yeah. But I'm not going to give you the fucking music because. God damn, that's illegal. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, but you know, it's like, all this stuff we're talking about. It's interesting. It's only evolved because DJs had to start these side hustles because the DJ pay. I get paid less now than I did ten years ago mm-hmm. because there's so many DJs. And you know, I book DJs, and I humbled a kid recently. He he, I, I book eight spots. And he kept hitting me up. Hey, can you get me a gig? You get me a gig. I say, hey, I'm doing what I can. You know, the certain venues have certain DJs. And, you know, he was he was kind of getting offended that I didn't, I wasn't okay. booking him. And I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I have a spreadsheet on my computer. And every DJ who is available in Charlotte, that you know, I, I, I write down Eric, DJ E-Rock. Here's his Instagram. He has CDJs and turntables. His yeah. specialty is Latin music. His, his rate is 200 to 400 a gig. 
I said, do you, how many DJs do you think are on that spreadsheet? And he said, I don't know, like five or six. There's 77. You're right. Yeah. There's 77, 77 DJs in Charlotte, North Carolina, who have reached out to me for a gig. And of those 77, maybe five or six, I've given one, two, three, four gigs. So like going back to what we're talking about with the Patreon and everything, you know, the undercutting in, in nightclub DJing oh is crazy God. because I don't think any DJs are out there like wanting to DJ weddings. They want the money. Mm, so yeah. they may undercut out Oak, say, hey, I'll do a wedding for 700 because they want the money. There's DJs that'll DJ nightclubs for fucking free. Just because yeah. they want they want to DJ a nightclub. They right. want to be on Instagram. So wanna... the one nice right. part we got going on weddings is the the amount of gear you gotta have and right. just do you want to deal with a wedding? Because there's a lot that right. goes into there, a wedding. There are advantages, and we used to have this conversation all the time, right? Back in the Crown Town days. So uh as as like for me, who I'm the one who books the gig and then middlemans the gig and pays the DJ less than I charged and they fill the shoes. But what am I providing? What am I providing? What is what does this DJ get out of that? So back in the day, nothing. Back in the day, the answer was nothing, right? In Crown Town days, like what the fuck? You literally. So I had this job at this bowling alley, right? And I could book the bowling alley could book me all day. I would DJ there three nights. A week. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And literally, this company would just step in and middleman it for no. There was no reason, you know. They didn't. They didn't. They did nothing for me, right? Um, but with Dow Oak now, you know, first off, I get in contact with, you know, however many brides. We book the job. We take on all the planning. You know, we provide. Right. We You don't even talk to the person. And as you know, when you do a wedding gig, typically you're talking to a couple for eight months, right? That's like the typical time frame of discussion before the wedding. We take right. we take ninety five percent of that off of your plate, and then you do a twenty minute phone call with a planning form already filled out for you, and then you show up and do the gig. Therefore, we are providing a lot. It's not just a little. We're providing things you literally are actually incapable of providing for yourself. So, almost, you know. I, I told you that because I do I do weddings for Dow Oak and. Uh, you know, I'm aware that they charge X and they pay me Y and I, I, I don't give a fuck because I don't want to deal with any of that you know, at all. You know, I, I'm very aware I could I could go make charge yeah. $2,000 and do a wedding on my own. Mm-hmm. But I got to talk to this bride seven times. I got to deal with all this. You know, I'll, I'll take less money to have someone else do it. You know, Jan, I put this best when we were talking to him about his relationship with all of his DJs is different. Mm-hmm. because he's trying to fill what they don't want to do. Some DJs might want to take on the sales themselves. Mm-hmm. All right. So he'll send them the leads. Right. Some DJs want nothing to do with it. And they just want to show up with the info. They'll so, give them that arrangement, a, a different percentage and whatnot. And I, think, I works differently than we do, but yeah, either but way. in general, a lot of multi-ops, I, I honestly have heard of a lot of them that, and I think the reason why they struggle is because they don't think about making it, beneficial for their DJs mm. in one way, shape or form. Yeah. Because if you're just being the middleman lead agency, that's just getting the leads and handing the leads to the DJs to try and book 
Well, you're, that's you're a wedding wire yeah. in the knot. <laughs> you're handing work over. That's not what we're doing. You know, I, like so. Brian, I think it's easier. I I think it's easier to get more money for not yourself. For example, when a nightclub calls me, says, "Boss Austin, we want you to DJ next Friday. What is your rate?" Uh-huh. We begin that discussion. I feel awkward. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe I say, "Hey, it's X Y Z," and they're like, "We can't afford that. Can we negotiate?" And no. I, I'm feeling a corner when I'm talking about another DJ that works for me. When Erock calls me, says, "We want to book Juan Blanco next Friday," I say, "It's five hundred dollars," and he'll say, "Well, we can't afford five hundred dollars." Like, you know, well, that's Juan Blanco's for? fucking you're, price. You're out of that your fucking mind. Is. Right. Yeah. The yeah, best thing I ever did. The best thing I ever did was put Graham in between me and our sales. You know, like Graham people call and people it'll it'll be like my cousin like you know the last name is massingale contacting us for a wedding fuck you it's the price like i'm sorry it's just it doesn't matter and i mean i'm glad or my cousin or whatever it doesn't matter who but you get my point you know what i mean it's easier for someone else to stand the ground on your price point um brian bass who's in the chat right now um so he uh so like you, you know, we have we have 10 full-time DJs, right? Um they yep. don't they don't they they're exclusive to Dalk events. Um after that, I go into the subcontractors. And they're all subcontractors, but I go into my next tier, right? And my right. next tier are, you know, uh you and uh Corey and blah blah blah. Now, Brian Bass is one of these second tier people. However, Brian Bass I've never hit him up before and him not greenlit a, a gig ever, not once. And therefore, right. as you know, as someone who does that, that puts you at the top, period, because it's convenient. Yeah, the second that changed, oh, okay, well, Charles has never not greenlit me. So Charles is now the first person I'm going to hit up. So Brian, like by right. default, Brian's just the first, first person I hit up now, you know, and yes, it takes 11 slots to fill before that happens, but that does happen. You know, yeah, yeah. I I run into that. I have DJs that I book that give me exclusivity to their calendar. They'll say, "Hey, I'm wide open except for April second. I've got a birthday party I'm going to." And I have other DJs that hit me up, say, "Hey, you have anything the 14th?" And I don't, and they get angry because you know they're kind of down on the totem pole. And I'm like, I got these other dudes that I just blindly book, right? Right. It's and just, I'm not telling I'm not telling DJs to not go do other gigs. I mean they can certainly do that, but then they understand. It makes the sales process harder on your end. Yeah. Well because you have to yeah. double check with them every single time if are you available? Yeah. Not okay, then it's a back and forth it every makes single it time. Very hard. It definitely makes it very difficult. That's why I book everyone out for October dates first, because I know I don't care how many DJs I have, we're booking that many gigs. Period. I just know that. You know, so the DJs that work exclusively for me, we've all all had a discussion and I've said, what is the dollar amount you need to make? Mm -hmm. And and I know all this information and and they they say I need to make X and I make sure that they make that. And they don't they don't they're not out worrying. They're not picking up side gigs or whatever. And then I have other DJs that do other things. I call them. They say, hey, I can't do it. I'm doing a different bar. I'm doing a wedding. Right. Well, Which is totally fine. Let's I say you encourage have your, all the DJs. You have your DJs that you're, you know, they're, they're. I need to make X. Let's say it's two hundred bucks, right? So 
Right. That DJ needs to make $200. If he's good enough, so be it. Cool. And then your next DJ, I need to make 400 bucks. It doesn't yet again. This is just talking numbers here. Well, our job is to make the largest gap possible between dollar charged and dollar paid out. It just, duh, we're in this for the money. However, you have to do a good job. Like you, you have to be good enough also because homeboy charging 200, if you fucking suck, then you suck and I can't ruin my own gig, you know? So that's different. Right. But if homeboy charging 400 is the same quality as homeboy that wants 200, I'm going to book the $200 DJ all day, you know? And it's no harm. It's no, you almost can't be mad at, uh, the person doing the booking for booking the $200 DJ then, because the thing is, is like, we're also doing this for the money. The same reason you're saying 400, I'm saying I need to make as much money as possible off this gig because this is how I make money. You can't be mad at that. Of course they're above you in rotation. It's slightly different. There's a couple other with nightclubs. There's a little caveat because branding is important. Certain clubs in Charlotte, they want DJs that are known. So if uh, if one of your guys, Mason, moves to Charlotte tomorrow and says, hey, I'll DJ gigs for 100 bucks," I'm fully aware Mason's a good DJ, but he's not known. And when, and when I put him on that flyer for yeah. these bars, these right. bars are going to say, who, who the fuck is this guy? You know, there's a certain, but, but in Charlotte or other cities, the more known you are, the more in demand you are, or the more money you can charge. Yeah. Cause all the bars in Charlotte are competing with each other. It's all a pissing contest. Like, look who we got to DJ or look who this. I had to get out of Charlotte. I will say I just had to get out of Charlotte, but yes, that is there's DJ. There's DJs in Charlotte who are insanely talented, more talented than myself, but they aren't known. Mm-hmm. So they won't get the gigs. And then there's DJs who fucking suck, but they get some top tier gigs because either they're known by the general public or they're known by the promoter right. or the or I'll staff. Just, yeah, or you got a DJ who's just a fucking weirdo. And that plays yeah. the biggest role. If you just can't be fucking a homie and just like talk and be, do normal people shit, like, yeah, I don't need to say the names, but you know exactly who I'm talking about. Like, you're just weird. And therefore, yeah. you're, you're not there, you know? Um, it's a different battle. Yeah. It's definitely a totally different game. Um, yeah. And like you were saying, you know, everyone's a DJ, but that, that term is just so vague. Um, you know, you got your TS. It's funny. You guys being more more in the wedding game, you'll appreciate this. I, I, I will get hit up often by nightclub guys. Maybe they're young to DJ and they'll be like, Hey, I'm, I'm DJing my cousin's wedding next Saturday. What do I need to know? (laughs) Oh, I'm like, yeah. You know, I feel like DJing weddings and DJing nightclubs are just totally different beasts. And there's elements you can bring from each to that. I can't even imagine, like, if I was just, I'm just like, yeah, I got a, I'm DJing a wedding next week. What, 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 like, with no clue what I need, to, like, oh my yeah, Lord. Yeah, I mean, talk about preparing for a train wreck. Well, people undermine the jobs. Yeah, people undermine DJing. Period. Do you remember that? You know what I mean? It just that's how it goes. So of course. Do you remember I think it was in one of our like group chats where we had like 
random people join in, but or I can't remember who it was that we had on. But do you remember the one person? The way they structured their company is they had two different DJs. They had the club DJs come in and DJ just the DJ reception part, and then they had a secondary DJ that did all the dinner and everything and set up all the gear. And they played a club DJ like a club set. Like you come in and make your yeah. two hundred, four hundred dollars. I've I've been paid to do that before. To to come in, you know, let's say they got Eric to do everything up until nine p.m. and then I just came in and did the the nightclub portion. We had a guy on here that talked about. I think it was one of our open live chats where we had random people come in and they had he had three sets of like crews that did that. And our question yeah. was just like, is that is that wedding DJ comfortable with like not being the star, you know, they're getting, there's a higher person coming in, but they got paid more. So they were, I've actually, I've actually made a shit ton of money. We we told, I talked to, I get nightclub guys. They hit me up and say, Hey, hey, DJ, my cousin's wedding. What do I need to know? Well, you don't know anything. And they'll say, (laughs) I've never talked on a mic and they'll say, well, I'll give you Brian some money. If you come MC and to me, being older, I'm like, you just want me to fucking show up and do the MC part? Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. right. So, I mean, as you know, that's so fucking dumb though, because like the club DJing, no offense to your club guys, you can do it. If you can MC and DJ at all, try practice for a couple weeks and you can do that shit. Like, I don't care if you require a club DJ and then also an MC unless the client literally requested two separate entities for that. Fuck you. Right. Just combine them. You know, like that's I ridiculous. Know north, I know up North though, they'll have like an MC and then a DJ. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know. It's more actually out on the West coast is where you see that really popular. And it's more of a bar mitzvah thing. It is. It is. It's the yeah. Cleveland Terry. A, a bar mitzvah, bar. I can see it. Because the MCs at bar mitzvahs, they're fucking working. Oh, they're, they're oh. Like, it's totally working. different. And that's not what I'm talking about. I will retract my statement. If if that's what you're doing, that's a separate entity. But I'm talking about our typical Southern weddings. You know, like uh, someone like you, Brian, or like, you know, fucking chase, whoever the, the dudes who do weddings, but also do nightclubs. They know how to talk on a mic and they know how to also do a dope dance set. You know what I mean? And it's not just the wobble. It's not just the Cupid shuffle. It's like fucking mixed together dope edits from fucking scooter and whoever the hell I I talked to a, a wedding DJ today. He asked me specifically how I separate weddings and nightclubs because i've been to weddings with other djs who are nightclub guys that way overdid it were you like it depends on if i'm at a wedding or at a nightclub (laughs) that would have been my answer well it depends you You just test i think i think a lot of nightclub djs when they do weddings i think they over dj no shit no because my my audience at a nightclub on a friday night you know, we'll say they're younger, they're hip, they know the cool music is different than at a wedding. So I don't need to DJ at a wedding like I do at a nightclub. You can bring elements over and make it cooler than just a guy launching Sweet Caroline and the wobble, mm-hmm. but you don't need to be beat juggling and fucking scratching. Yeah. I don't DJ Ragoza I mean, and them. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess if the client wants that, but I've never, ever in my 27 year career had a wedding client say, Hey, by the way, I'll tell you, you what, would like you to scratch. I'll tell you what one time. So 99% of the time, I'm going to agree with you, of course, on that. Cause that's just duh. One time we did a wedding for EXO, right? He, uh, mm-hmm. his name's Blake and he, I didn't know. I had no idea. I don't, I don't really look at who booked what and whatnot. There's two, it, it gets lost in the whatever sauce. And right. I assigned one of our DJs, Henry, who is like trained from the ground up. He literally was like an English major. He's never been a DJ in his life. He's good enough to play the song into the song, but that's the extent of it. Right. And normally right. nothing but five star reviews. However, at this wedding, they were expecting DJ Boss Austin. They were expecting fucking, you know, behind the back, mixing into the next song every 30 seconds and shit. And Henry just can't do that. And I had no right. idea. And he's texting me like, what the fuck? These people are like fucking riding me about. I've never seen this in my life. And I did So I, I let XO down and I'm sure I lost that plug. But you get my point. Like, yeah, I mean, one it, it out of a hundred. Yeah, um, it does happen. That was. Very it's odd. called when you have a wedding for a DJ. Yeah, that was that was unfortunate, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Uh, shout yeah. out to Blake Hunter. Lo- Blake Hunter. Lo- low key, I'm just, I just talked to him a minute ago. Yeah, Luke, low key, Um, I I would put more of the blame on the who picked the DJ. It was me. No, no, no. Who? They didn't do enough research. Oh, as to what oh, what that well, company is, uh, and if that's me, what they were looking for. Well, we have a dope reputation, and yeah. it, it was like you know they're going off of oh just two hundred five star views. But that, Blake that said they were great. Back, it was my that circle back to what we talked about earlier. People think a DJ is a DJ, exactly, and that is true. Yes, yes but in this case, they the think, right, the, but in they this got case, a great, the DJ was a DJ, and the DJ should have known they got a there great, are DJs. <laughs> Henry is a great right. wedding DJ. <laughs> Right. But Henry is only a good wedding DJ. He is not a nightclub guy. That's, you know, he can't play 250 tracks in four hours. It's just not his thing. I can, I'm just, I'm I always just saying like the couples. I'm just what? saying like, like in the case of like a Donnie, he knew that he didn't, he wanted an actual really dope DJ because he was a DJ. Mm-hmm. So therefore he right. went and got a really, that's all I'm saying. It's like, if you know, that's what you wanted in terms of a DJ, you would know to actually do the, re- like, I would, I would expect you to do the research and not just assume that a DJ is a DJ in that. Right. Scenario. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I, I, I can size up a couple, how the wedding's going to go in our phone call. Like, like you say, we call them. I, I will ask them how many young people are going to be there. Is there alcohol? Right, you know, <laughs> I, and I can it matters. What, that shit matters, dude. What I'm walking into, mm-hmm. we don't. We, we practically won't book them anymore if there's. If I there's mean, you saw. So Brian was at my wedding. I mean, obviously you were too. But like, so the dance floor, it was such a large venue that everyone was so spread out that the dance floor wasn't concentrated. Right. So I'll mm-hmm. say it was a small dance floor. Well, the bride had a few drinks and she literally, it was like she was on fucking crack out there. She was literally, it just did not matter. And she kept the dance floor alive because of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
she also went and rounded up people repetitively. She, multi- to- she, she made multiple moves to make sure that dance floor was rocking. And that was great. You know, it made for good pictures and whatnot. And I fucking hate everyone that was like, oh, go dance with her. I'm like, bro, she's literally like fucking on meth right now. <laughs> like, good. I'm good. I'm trying to chill. Like, but, um, but it was fun. Um, but typically that's not the case. You know, that's a. Uh, that's rare, you know what I mean, for the bride to lead the show to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you getting at? That's it. That was the. I just. That was the, what I was getting at. Was what I just fucking said. Oh yeah. How'd that relate? That that was it. If that didn't, <laughs> if that if that didn't relate, that's all I have. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That. And, and, and it's after the time. <laughs> that. Yeah, pointed, pointed at the clock. Anyways, I, I mean, this was a great conversation. Everything yeah. we I just like bullshit. the rabbit holes. All right, so two two minutes. So uh, I talked to a dude from the UK today, right? I was helping him with an mm-hmm. auto- automation bullshit, mm-hmm. and uh, during the talk, he was like, "I fucking love your podcast, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, so sick! You listen to my podcast because um, it's not. I don't hear that every day." Um, And he was like, I love it how you guys just don't have any format at all. You just talk the whole time. He was like, it's so real. Um, And he was like, I was talking to XYZ. And he was like, oh, I saw you on the DJ Life podcast. And he was like, yeah, that's not typically my scene or something like that. And it was almost like he was embarrassed like that. And I was like, it's because he's old. People like just shooting the shit like it's real like what we do on this podcast we just talk and there's no format to it it's like it's 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 if you like if you like that truly what i'm fucking thinking you know i'm not trying to sell a fucking product or some bullshit like that well and it comes to buy automate your djp how about some both lighting at both lighting (laughs) usa (laughs) djs djs are passionate about what they do whether that's nightclub wedding whatever so they're gonna do what you the rabbit holes they're gonna rant they're gonna go off on tangents i've been on podcasts before where it was like a like a fucking 60 minute interview yeah where they asked me a question and i answered it and i was waiting for it to like engage Same. in conversation they were like very well how did you get <laughs> to where you are in charlotte and i was like, like what the fuck yeah this no uh i don't i don't know every podcast is different and I feel like I feel like you know the best. Well, this we're kind of like a Joe Rogan podcast in a way because that's how he does his is very fucking yeah, rabbit just, holes happen and just shit fuck right. like and then he has questions to like get back on track right yeah but, circle circle back to the right. topic and whatnot um, which we could do better at but. either way <laughs> either way I do like how it's not scripted um, and I can just every Tuesday night come over here and just shoot the shit in a nutshell. Yeah, and if you like that, you like that. Yeah, and, and if also you don't, every- if you don't, then you should subscribe anyways because we're almost a thousand subscribers. So like, maybe just subscribe. Ooh. Yeah, yeah what, where, where's the where's the the current? We are at nine seventy eight. Nine seventy eight. Come on, it's twenty twenty two people, motherfucker. Am I subscribed? I don't How know. Do I subscribe? Oh, this I is gonna be- click the button. We're dude. just gonna end this right now if you're not subscribed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rick. Do, I think do I the exit. Brian, how do we find you on social media if we choose to follow you or your company? So uh, all, all my social media would be DJ Boss Austin. B O S. And then uh, if you typed in two four two nine, 
I, I believe two, it's two four two nine events. Is it what is it? No, it'll be under two four two nine productions. Okay, so everyone in the Charlotte area, hit him up that you want to DJ at a club, so his list jumps to like two hundred. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit me up. All right, we're cool. Doing, we're doing big things. Yep. Um, like the like the this video. Comment down below. Let us know if you're listening on another source. Go to YouTube and hit the subscribe button so that way we can get to a thousand subscribers. Shout out to everyone that's been in the chat. We've been practically over twenty people strong the whole entire time, which is very strong showing. I was love actually twenty eight. I saw it get up to twenty nine at one point. Yep. We almost broke thirty. We which got is, a popular motherfucker right here. Yeah. If we were to broke thirty, we would have been bar territory. Shit. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see about the after count. All right, cool deal. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, we are taking next Tuesday off. We are not going every Tuesday. We're going to break it because I'm going to Nashville, and Eric doesn't want to deal with trying to run the podcast without me, um, mostly because he's just the guest that shows up every Tuesday night and yes. sits here and talks. Yes, I am the... Why are you going to Nashville? Uh, business conference. Hook him up with uh, DJ Dirty. Yeah. No, he's uh, um, he's going for real business. This is this is. <laughs> our, I'm our, if, he, if he's going if he's going out at night to go to the, uh, you're not lying. They they have most of the nightlife stuff figured yeah. out already for this. Yeah, it's um, super it, this is expensive. A, fucking yeah, it's a. Is it DJ related? No, it's a uh, it's business industry related. So it's through my coaching network. Well, it's not really through my coaching. It's part of that. It's just business coaching and people who invest in business coaching but it's, it's not like related to bullshit so this billionaire that owns this coaching industry called action coach my coach is part of that this billionaire also is partnered with a organization that started an award system for small business owners so you have okay. to be a small business to be nominated for any of these awards and you get to go to this national conference okay. they bring in people to speak like you could imagine the business people like uh not like grant cardone but like those type of people like Grant Cardone, yeah. uh, Tony Robbins, people like that, they bring in the speak and it's a three, four day event. Um, and I'm going just because it's Nashville, but also our company ended up being a finalist in two different categories for the national side. So maybe we'll win. Oh, that's awesome. We will either win most uh, innovative company of the year or the top manufacturer wholesaler, aka bothlightingusa.com. All right, so we're not on next week. We'll be on the following week, late uh, week, Link. which is the eleventh, with uh, Dom Perone of Ooh. Crate Hackers and the DJs. Vault. Oh yeah, break the motherfucking internet. Yes, yes. Yeah. We're gonna learn about how Joe Bun shows up on every single platform you ever see. Yeah, how, breaking shit and he's setting gonna, shit on fire. He's gonna tell you no matter how many times you unsubscribe or try to tell Crate Hackers to fuck off. You will still get their ads, and he will give Joe, you Joe the Bunn, juice. Joe Bunn is knocking on my door right now. <laughs> I'm sure he is. I just got a text from Crate Hackers. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they've got they've got the uh, marketing dialed in. They do, and it's all Dom behind it. So we're talking to him, getting the DL. All right. Anyways, thank you guys. I mean, Hit the Thank subscribe you. button. Thank you, uh, Brian, for joining us tonight. And um, we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace out. Bye, bye, bye.